I actually did start my leadership career at 15 years old and was able to purchase items, do the marketing, do the selling and worked on all kinds of different fun things. I didn't really think of it as a philosophy as I was growing through leadership and leading all these people. They just kept getting bigger and I kept having employees that would want to work for me at my next location. If I left, they wanted to follow me. That's how I started thinking about leadership as a position where people want to follow you. Not that you're telling them what to do or, or making them behave in a certain way, but I started understanding the true uh, meaning of leadership, which is when you turn and walk, people follow you. You don't have to ask them to, they want to. And it's such a deep pedagogy of holding space for others, of listening for what has heart and meaning. It doesn't matter what level they're at. It, it's not about you have this title and I have this title. It's about me being with another human being. It's really about listening, knowing what it is that I can feed back to them that will help them grow. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo. And boy, do we have an exciting guest line up for you today. Today's guest is another incredible emerging thought leader. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, Tracy Mayer. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Oh, Nikki, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and I love your enthusiasm and can't wait to have a conversation with you. God bless your heart. So Tracy, tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Tracy Mayer? Well, um, I've been in leadership for 43 years. Um, I started quite young and um, graduating from high school a little early and on my way home from school, I walked into this little boutique that had fabulous things in the window and uh, the lady was there that owned it and we got to talking and she needed somebody to manage the store in the afternoons. And so, yes, I actually did start my leadership career at 15 years old and was able to purchase items, do the marketing, do the selling and worked on all kinds of different fun things for her in the community. And it was wonderful that she trusted me. Uh, from a simple conversation. And I really didn't realize until a few years ago that I've always done things differently. Uh, spent about 25 years as a senior leader in multiple hotels, full service hotels, uh, leading big teams from 200 to 600, went from hotels to convention centers, uh, very large venues in California, and just kept doing things the way that I did them at the beginning, which was to make connections with people and to love and honor the individuals that worked for me, knowing that with teams that big, I could never do the job on my own. I always needed each and every one of them. The journey just continues. And um, about three years ago, I, I was on a hike and had this pivotal moment where I actually took a look at my past, where I'd come from and where I'm going. And you know, things have changed so much in the last year. I've, I've written and released, published a book and coaching business is taking off. I'm doing some wonderful in-person training and speaking and all about that thing that I grew up with that I guess I was probably born with, which is just to have this inherent interest in other human beings and be curious about the talents that they have 
being able to bring those to the forefront for whatever business I was leading. And uh, I'll tell you more later about how successful that turned out to be. That's a fantastic, fantastic story. People today don't understand that life is about people. My father, my late father, used to tell me, um, life's about people, son. And he was a businessman. He even used to say, business is about people. And I go, Dad, what are you talking about? Business about making money, isn't it? He goes, no, no, son. Yeah, money is, is, is necessary, but you are in business to help people. You solve a problem for people. And you solve a problem for a person, and they'll pay you. And that's how you make a profit. And that's the purpose of business. All these Ps, right? Problem, people, purpose, profit, right? Yeah, it's it's what it's all about. And it's it seems like that's your philosophy as well. Yeah, you know, it's very similar. I, I guess I was alluding to, I didn't really think of it as a philosophy as I was growing up and growing through leadership and leading all these people. They just kept getting bigger and I kept having employees that would want to work for me at my next location. If I left, they wanted to follow me. And that's how I started thinking about leadership as a position where people want to follow you. Not that you're um, telling them what to do or, or making them behave in a certain way, but I started understanding the true uh, meaning of leadership, which is when you turn and walk, people follow you. You don't have to ask them to, they want to. I agree with all those Ps. Um, you know, I think it was hired, you know, originally, um, well, I know I was hired originally for, you know, to, to serve a purpose for an organization, a corporation, a franchise that I was responsible to, which was to deliver the bottom line, right? And then some, to manage their their financials, to make sure that they're, I'm building their brand. What I found out was I delivered that and then so much more. I always exceeded financial expectations because I took the talents of each of those individuals and helped level up and, and help develop them and make them see valued. So, you know, those are where you get the real resorts. Just as you were saying, Nikki, I'm so excited that we share that same point of view. You know, it's about the people. And then you make the profits and they're usually explosive and way better than you thought of to begin with. So well said. So well said. You know, my, my, my dad used to say, you solve acute problems, big problems for awesome people. And then you'll make an amazing profit. I'm like, wow, that's pretty wild. So you said it, you, you use the word explosive profits. I like that even better. That's fantastic. That's so beautiful. So Tracy, what's the dent you're seeking to make in the universe? I feel like it's simple, but really, really important, which is to help people that are in my world that either they are or are going to meet them, but help them to feel seen heard and valued. As you were saying, there's so much going on in the world today and people really need to have someone and that's where I come in as an executive coach or a private coaching certified coach. I help people see the value of themselves and, and sometimes repair and heal some of the difficult times they've had in the workplace where bosses were a bit more like tyrants, which there are so many of them still today, which feel like if you just really, you know, light the fire under the employees, they'll get moving. And the opposite is true. You know, nobody needs or wants to feel treated in a, in a bad way in order to feel like they can perform. The, the best way to do that is to see the value in that person, find out what their, again, their unique talents or skills are, and then, and then help lift them up and develop them and let them soar. Because people will naturally want to do well for themselves and for the company and for you as a leader if they feel valued. 
So that's that, that's a long way of saying that's the dent I want to make. I want to want to change the way people look at leadership and realize that a lot of leaders today disqualify themselves from being leaders by the way that they behave. It's time to change that. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. I I feel the I feel the connection and I feel the love, Nikki. <laughs> So, so Tracy, let's get into the nitty gritty. How do you, A, what problem do you solve for your clients since we talked about that peeve? And how do you go about solving that problem for your clients? So that is a great question. Um, most of my clients are senior leaders. So the problem they have is with the people that they lead. You know, they're not getting the results that they want from their team, whether their team is five people that might be in a senior leadership role or themselves, or also, you know, could be a hundred employees or more. It, it is, but the, the problem is that they are not sure how to lead people. They can't get people to do what they want. And so the biggest problem I solve for them is number one, helping them be more self-aware as leaders that maybe they're not approaching it the right way. You know, yes, they may have fantastic credentials, a whole bunch of degrees and lots of experience and have made their way up through an organization because of their own success. But when it comes to leading others, they missed the training or they didn't see that uh, leadership is a whole lot different than managing people in or managing themselves or managing sales and financials, that a true leader that is going to get the maximum amount out of their employees, their teams, um, are the ones that can see themselves and how they behave and how they show up in the workplace. And then number two, I teach them specific techniques and ideas on, on how to show up in a better way and how to be more kind, to be more interested in the people that are in front of them and put together a game plan. And I've helped dozens and dozens of senior leaders that just didn't know how to do this, you know. They're they're and and also another thing I want to add is they've not had anybody to talk to, and I I felt this myself in my career where I was the person in charge, senior leader, and you know on campus so to speak, and then I something happened really you know a crisis, whether it was with an employee or a customer or the or a facility, and I would turn around and think like okay well is there anybody behind me that's making this decision, and I would realize that no it's me it's up to me. But often there's not somebody to kind of bounce things off of. And as an executive coach, I can help those leaders have a, a safe space um, that they can share those things with me about this is going on in my workplace. And confidentially, we figure out a game plan. And they don't have to tell their employees they have an executive coach and they went to someone to bounce ideas off of. That's what I'm here for. You know, I really like what you said. The three ways in which you serve clients became so clear and, and it just jumped off the page. And I think for anyone listening to this, this is a great lesson in how to articulate your own unique value proposition to your clients. So listener, pay attention. This was pretty well done. But what you said at the end, I mean, yes, help them become self-aware. I think as as coaches, our job is to help people do that because we all are lacking some level of self-awareness. You are, I am, everybody is. So no question about that. And you obviously need strategies and techniques and tactics that actually work, that deliver the goods. That's super, super important. But what you said at the end, if I may just say, this to me is the most valuable thing you provide for your clients. 
Because let's be honest, if someone is clear they need to make some shifts and they're willing to take ownership of that and they're not one of these people that's going to, you know, try to blame others, the techniques, while important and good, they're not nearly as important as somebody being there who can be available to hear you, who can help you vanquish the self-doubts. Because many people in leadership of all types go, I'm not going to let anyone else see this, but I doubt myself. I don't fully believe in myself. Maybe I'm the wrong person. If everybody knew, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's my opinion. This is just my opinion, okay? But I say this all the time in my podcast as a guest and on in speeches and in, in the writing I do. Every human being on this planet needs two things in order to ultimately be successful, okay? Number one is they need someone to believe in them. Someone who's going to make them feel like another human being sees their value. Because that's what you said. People want to be seen as valuable and heard and respected. And secondly, that's important. It has to stay sustained enough until that spark of belief gets lighted and turns into a raging fire of self-belief and self-confidence. That's number one. And number two is they need skills to be able to persuade other people of their vision. And that seems like what you do. You got to show people how to persuade others of their vision. So if they have someone to believe in them and they're good at persuading other people of the majesty of their visions, they're going to win. Even if their techniques suck, they're going to win because people are going to buy in to that energy of persuasion and they're going to buy in to the energy of someone who believes in themselves. We all want to be around people with high levels of belief. What are your thoughts on what I just said? Oh my goodness. I have so many. Well, I'm excited so much about hearing you talk about those key things about so often leaders just need someone to talk to. They need someone to believe in them. I have always said that even myself being in a, in a leadership role where I have hundreds and hundreds of employees under me and, um, well, they're not, they're next to me actually is really the way that I like to look at it. They're, uh, you know, I guess I was talking about an org chart, first of all, but, but, but those, those amazing um, individuals are, are important to the longevity of the business, but also the ultimate success. And so as a leader, I have self-doubts. I've, I've, I've all had them, just like you said, we all do. When there's been someone to talk to or reflect back what I'm concerned with or what I may not be sure about, then that is where we can take things to the next level. There is not a person that I've coach that isn't a really successful business leader or, you know, entrepreneur or, um, you know, chief executive officer of a company, they are very successful. But in order to take it to the next level, they kind of have to really see what they're thinking. And if, if I could explain that more, what happens with an executive coaching session and particularly the style that I use, part of it's Tracy. Um, the other part is Berkeley. I am certified by the Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute. And it's such a deep pedagogy of holding space for others, of listening for what has heart and meaning and being a human with a human. It doesn't matter what level they're at. It's not about you have this title and I have this title. It's about me being with another human being face-to-face, -face, whether it's actually in person or if it's virtual. A lot of coaching today is done virtually. And we just have this confident 
protected conversation where I can listen carefully. I've been trained um, even more than all of the years that I've, I've been coaching and leading um, in my own right, but I've been trained through Berkeley to really listen. And somebody could talk for 30 or 40 minutes, which happens a lot of times in my first sessions because people have not been listened to. So this long session and I take out what has meaning and I reflect it back to them. It's, I call it mirroring. And a lot of times that person, that leader on the other side that I'm coaching, they didn't even realize they said that. But I gave them the freedom and the safe place to say whatever comes out and give them some structure that starts allowing them to just let it out. And that is really a key part of that, which comes back to that listening, um, showing value. And and a lot of times those leaders that end up coaching with me, which um, I have some amazing people that I coach and that continue long-term relationships with on a, on a coaching basis, they get excited. And, and when their employees say, gosh, what's changed? You know, you seem different. You're, you're paying attention to me. We, we take these walks in the afternoon to talk about what I need, what's changed. And, and now once they're more confident, they say, hey, you know, I got an executive coach and it's just, it's great. I'm glad I've been taught. There's a lot of humility that starts coming in where people get put in their, set in their right place where they can feel confident and still humble. And then that's really when things take off. So yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> No, that's absolutely exciting. Brilliantly said. Brilliantly said. You're very wise and you really understand what it takes to really uh, elicit um, the best in somebody. You know, the best in someone comes when there's a human human connection and people feel loved and valued. Everyone needs that. That's absolutely super important. So Tracy, Tell me a little bit more about your ideal client. Who is your ideal client, first of all? Well, my ideal client is is someone in a in a senior senior leadership role, which could be um, in a corporation or even an entrepreneur. That is the person that's in charge, right? Um, the person that has to make decisions on a daily basis about human capital, um, financial assets, um, whatever a product is, whether it's a tangible product or not, and um, I, I do a lot of coaching and hospitality because I've spent 25 years there. So um, large venue, large full service hotel, um, and also facility management. Um, but I've, I've coached people from, from every industry. Um, but what I find is it's about that person, that leader that wants to improve. You mentioned earlier, Nikki, and I just want to put an exclamation point on it. There's the self-awareness piece and the person who I'm coaching needs to be willing to look at themselves because that's the key. You know, I, I don't coach people who don't want to be coached because that's, that's not a thing. Also, I work with a lot of HR um, executives who, you know, want to find solutions that are, are, are safe spaces for their senior leaders. So that, that's also another place that I, I tend to get a lot of clients, but it's really about just, again, listening, knowing what it is that I can feed back to them that will help them grow, finding a way to, to to lift them up and get them excited again about what they do. Realize that everybody that wants to be even more successful will get a mentor or somebody have a confidant or even better, an executive coach who's been trained properly to receive that information and give it back. You know, I really like that word confidant. I had a, um, a lady who was a client of mine and I was actually a client of hers as well. And she called herself a corporate confidant and she worked with some of the most famous people in the part of the world that I live in, like celebrities, uh, high profile judges, 
CEOs of multi-billion dollar companies and nobody knew that this lady was their confidant. A couple of times they'd give her permission to reveal to somebody else who she'd bring in as a third party provider, which is how I got to know one of them. They were one of the richest families in the whole country. You know, top 10 richest families in Canada. It's the role that you're providing for them is really being that sounding board, being that person that believes in them. And I really like that you've got a background in hospitality and you use that because so many people come into this industry, the coaching industry, the serving industry, and they completely forget about the assets that they have. And the best asset you have is your existing network. So kudos to you. Really, really well done. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. And, you know, I don't know that it's talked about much on podcasts or in, you know, LinkedIn or what have you, but the, the most important thing that when I start at every coaching session, even if it's somebody I've been coaching for months or, or a year, is I remind them of the guidelines, the first 30 seconds. The guidelines are that everything that they say is in confidence. It's private and it will not be shared. And I let them know those are my guidelines. And if they're okay with that, I, you know, I expect the same of them. I may share some vulnerable parts of my career or story if it will help them to understand that that we all share some of the same commonalities. That's an important thing to remember and for people that that are hesitant about going into coaching, that that it is a confidential environment and it should be treated as such. It's kind of a sacred place. I totally agree. So Tracy, tell us a success story. Don't use names, obviously. Keep it all confidential, but tell us one of your best success stories. Uh, well, I am gosh, there's 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 many, but I'll just one that pops into my head for for today's episode. I had a um, CEO of a company. Um, it was a mid-sized company. A little caveat is that at this particular time in our careers and culture, there's five uh, generations of workforce working time today. I was going to say in America, but it's in Canada too, right? So anywhere in the world, really, there's, there's these five generations. And I found that my wonderful CEO that asked me to start coaching them. And I'm using them because I'm not going to use a he or she either and identify any of the, the people. But they came to me with some troubles that some of the different generations, because of their different ways of looking at work life today, they struggle with communicating with them and having a connection you know, understanding how to, to get them to be successful. So this particular CEO had lots of turnover, lots and lots of turnover. It was a revolving door and wasn't able to keep employees and they would just come and go. So the frustration was, you know, maybe these people don't think they're being paid enough or they don't like the job I'm giving them or whatever. And this whole list of things. And I said, look, what kind of things do you do today to let that person know that you're listening to them or you appreciate them? Do you ever have a cup of coffee with your employees and, and ask them how their day is, even if it's 10 minutes. And of course the answer was no, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I'm the CEO after all. What we worked through was, guess what? You're not too busy. <laughs> your title does not give you the, I guess we would say excuse to not connect with your employees because that is where the link between moderate success and explosive success is, is how you connect with your employees. I've written a lot about this in my new book, and we'll talk about that shortly, I'm sure. But it's really, you know, showing this person that if they treated their employees differently, 
they're going to get different results. And so I worked with them over the period of, of several months and came up with some game plans of what they were willing to do to, to break up their time and to give some time to their employees. And um, I, I can only tell you that it's been amazing success. The, the revolving door of retention slowed down and able to start building and developing a team that was going to be there long term and see the company to success. It's really exciting to see those changes and shifts and that person is is doing so well. It makes me really excited for them. So tell us about your new book. You alluded to a, a hike that I had earlier in our conversation. I had a hike in, in uh, you know, kind of during COVID and everybody, you know, was kind of quiet into themselves. Well, I have a wonderful canyon near my home and I started hiking there um, almost daily. You know, I was really thinking about you know, where things had come in my corporate career and also my life path and had this kind of epiphany of the hike that day where I felt like I was looking back at, you know, all the different, you know, paths that had brought me to this moment in life and kind of where I was going. And I really felt like, you know, at that age, which I'm, I'm not afraid to say was 55 three years ago, I thought I made all the decisions when I was younger, you know, I made them what school to go to, you know, who to marry, you know, how many kids to have, where to live, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But what I realized at that very moment in time is that I have all of these decisions ahead of me to make. That really led me into full-time coaching where being able to give back what I had learned after all these years and still moving forward myself was the best way um, to feel like I'm making a, a difference in this world and, and to to be with my passion every day of helping others see themselves um, in the best way possible and help them grow. And I released this book. I ended up, uh, didn't start writing it and didn't even think about it really for two years. And it was last year that uh, somebody said to me, um, Tracy, you need to write a book when we were talking about this hike. And suddenly people lined up, all the right people, got the publisher, et cetera, and uh, wrote the book in nine months. It has a lot to do with the paths we have, the choices we make, have, you know, letting go of regret, you know, because sometimes we think we make mistakes, we take the wrong path and uh, just ways to navigate life and, uh, and leadership. So the book is called The Leadership Contradiction, Choosing a Path of Love and Kindness. So it is practical information on leadership. It's my uh, calling out of leaders that, again, I believe disqualify themselves from using that term leadership because they're not leading people. They're they're having disconnections that cause people not to want to, to follow them at all. And then it's just some fun stories and anecdotes. It's some very vulnerable stories of my career in leadership over 43 years. So real excited. Lots of great tools that my the people that I coach even grab that book and sometimes read it before we get started. And then, uh, wow, I want to know more about this. You know, how do you do this? And they're, they're simple but profound ways to treat other people in the workplace. Tracy, you're a true uh, thought leader. You've uh, experienced life, 43 years in leadership. You've used those experiences to develop a coherent philosophy of how you do what you do, and you put it together in a book. Kudos to you. This book's going to do well for you, and it's going to help you generate additional opportunities and additional business for yourself. And uh, I think this is a, a brilliant thing. So I've got a couple of more questions to ask before we land this plane. Like, you're an emerging thought leader. You've got huge levels of expertise and experience and love and care that you're looking to share with the world in the most wonderful, impactful, and wide possible way. So I want to ask this question of you. 
because you're an emerging thought leader with a desire to make a massive dent in the universe, what's the biggest challenge you're currently facing in scaling and helping way more people? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> you are good at this. You're very good at this. So it's wonderful. So the, the biggest challenge, um, maybe understanding that not everybody is ready for coaching. You know, I do a chemistry check with every potential client for free. So it's 30 minutes of getting to know each other, knowing that I can't help everyone. That's probably been just a real big learning for me is realizing that sometimes I have to say no, even referring them to a, a fellow coach or another type of, you know, way for them to move forward. But the, the scaling slower because of that. And I'm okay with that because it's about quality that I'm trying to deliver, not quantity. So I guess in the end, it's not really a problem. It's just something to kind of figure out as far as the level of help that I want to give others. And, and I want it to be of high quality and I want it to help them change their, um, not even their work life, but also their personal lives. You know, in my opinion, you should be the same person that shows up to work as you do when you show up at home in the evening. It shouldn't be any different. So that's an important part of that too, is, is uh, staying true to myself, which is I'm not trying to help someone mask their core leadership qualities. I want to help them grow if they want to be self-aware and they want to understand how to be authentic in the workplace and be one person that shows up wherever they go. That's a beautiful answer. Really, really well said. So Tracy, I want you to do something for me. Okay, imagine it's a year from now, two years from now, even five years from now, and your business, your mission is exactly where you want it to be. You've got all the money you want coming in, you've got, you're working with all the right clients, your, your impact level, your influence level is exactly where you want it to be. Paint that picture for me. What would have you be crying tears of joy in terms of the number of senior leaders you're working with, the organizations you're impact, the type of income you're bringing in for yourself, the type of influence you have? Make it vivid and detailed for me. So um, tears of joy, that that just took me right, right, right away to where I want to be. So, you know, for me, it's doing private coaching always and being able to impact the leaders of organizations. It's... Um, speaking around the world, combining my love for scuba diving which, uh, and travel with speaking to peoples of all different cultures and places in the world, being able to do those talks that impact people, not just that are in the room, but things that end up being repeated and shared and planning on doing a TED talk next year and, and those kinds of things where, you know, people can share it and they, they may never meet me, but I want them to hear the message because I believe the message was given to me to give to others. It would be just doing these things um, on a, a level where I can sit and have tears of joy, as you were saying, because I see other people succeeding and I don't have to be the one taking any credit. In fact, nobody has to ever say that, you know, Tracy's my executive coach, unless they're referring me, of course. <laughs> I would love that. But I will be proud to see somebody succeeding in ways that they never thought possible. And just knowing that our private conversations were, are what helped them get there. And then at the end of the day, the real tears of joy is when I get to spend time with my son and my grandchildren. My goal is to buy a nice house on an island somewhere so that I can take my kids there and be in a joyful place in life, which I am now. So that will come through on my coaching too, reminding people about 
living every day and knowing that, again, I know I've said this many times, but that they should show up the same way at home as they do at work, being joyful, being kind, being loving. Love is a human thing. And and uh, I talk about it when I'm coaching. I talk about it in my book. I talk about it on postings I make. It's about just being a great human, you know, finding the whatever the uh, recipe is for you, you know, and uh, some people may think that's a little too soft and fluffy, but I, I have both sides. I'm all about accountability. Um, as an executive coach, I'm huge on accountability. You know, CEOs get homework from me. You know, it, it, it doesn't have to be something they, they write, but it's something they have to practice and, and put into place so that we can see some improvement and, and help support them um, in their growth. So yeah, tears are joy of, of just seeing other people succeed. Well, before I ask my last couple of questions, I just want to say something that just struck me as you were speaking. When you said that, and it may strike some people as soft and fluffy. There seems to be a movement afoot that's almost telling, especially women in business, it's not okay to be a woman. You, you know what I mean? You got to be like a man. You got to be tough. You got to be strong. Uh, we got enough of that from the men. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, seriously, it's it's my belief. And, and I, I run a men's organization as well as do the work I do in business. It's my belief that without women, uh, men would devolve into uh into war and destroy themselves in inside of five years. The entire planet would be gone. That, that's what I believe, right? My best boss back when I worked for people was a woman who was good with being a woman. She wasn't trying to like be a man. She made everybody feel like they were her kid. You know, she made everybody feel like she cared about them, like she loved on them including me. And she had lots of people that she was responsible for. I wasn't the only one. You know what I'm saying? There were like dozens upon dozens. And we would have like walked through fire for this woman, you know, because of how she was. And I just want to say that I get that you are like, you're a coach, you know how to hold people accountable, but I get that you're also a woman who's like good with being a woman. And you understand the beauty of feminine energy and how it can make the world better and how it can make business better. So nice work. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure I experienced that when I was younger in my leadership role, because I had to fit in with, you know, the certain group of executives and, you know, sacrificed, I think a lot about what I believed in, you know, to join the late cocktail party and those sorts of things, because I thought that's where I needed to be. Because when I started my career and, and I was a GM of, of a big hotel in, in my twenties, that was, there weren't too many GM women in the industry at all. You know, today I know that it's a human kind of love and leadership. And yes, I get probably grew up with more of that as with the compassion, you know, being a mom and uh, now being a, a, a grandmother but also being a really successful business leader and and uh, delivering financial success to the people that I worked for. So I coach men and women equally. It's fun to understand that people do have a real strong desire today to be cared for and to understand how to care for others. Amen. Amen. It, it, it comes across. It's brilliant and beautiful. I think, uh, you know, in our men's group, we, we tell men it's great to be a man. You know, it's amazing to be a man. Be proud of being a man. Don't don't let the world with its you know negative messages about manhood take that away from you. There's a lot of great things about being a good, proud, honorable man. But I want to say this to women too. It's great to be a woman. It's amazing to be a woman. There's a lot of amazing things about being a good, honorable, caring, loving, nurturing woman. And the world needs a heck of a lot more of both of those. Good men and good women. So, so what's next? 
What's next for Tracy? Well, I am writing a second book already, so working on that. And it will be out next year. Um, I don't have a release date, but working on that. Um, Also working on a children's book about some of the philosophies that I have, because I actually did think of that and wrote in some notes that I took right after that first hike. You'll read in the book, I actually took my phone out and started recording notes. And one of them was, what would it be like to have this message at a younger age? you know, as a preteen or a teenager, know that you can make choices, not live with regret, you know, not feel like you made the wrong choices, because that in the end, they're all the right choices, because they make us who we are. So excited about that project that's moving forward, and uh, just spend some time with my grandbabies. (laughs) Oh, you you mention them often. That's fantastic. I wrote a children's book. Um, This was it. Years ago, I don't know if you can see it. It's called uh, Kathy Capitalist and Johnny Jobmaker, the video game company. It's about teaching kids how to start businesses. And Oh, that's fabulous. I'm going to have to get myself a copy. How wonderful. Um, it's good for little kids under 10. My sister-in-law-to-be, she uh, has written some children's books, and she has a Facebook group with 20,000 children's book authors and wannabe children's book authors on it. Her name's Cindy Roman, Roman, like R-O-M-A-N. You should write that down. Go on Facebook and say, hey, I I know Nikki, so she'll <laughs> she'll say, who's this lady who's reaching out to me and just say, I'd like to find out about your Facebook thing, and I think it's great. So if people want to find out about you, how to get in touch with you, how to hire you, what's the best way? So, you know, shoot me an email on LinkedIn. That's, I'm, I'm on there a lot and that would be the best thing. You can look me up, Tracy Meyer, last name is M-A-Y-E-R and you'll find me, send me a personal note and, um, or you can go to my website, which is buleadership.com and that's B-E-Y-O-U leadership.com. And uh, there's a place to send a message to me there. You can um, book a, a, chemistry consultation so we can see if we how we how we want to work together and i have something really special too because nikki i'm i've never offered this but today i feel like i want to because i know that you and i have this commonality of thought and i i know that your listeners will love this so i'm going to offer today for the first time a complimentary coaching session when when someone sends me a note through linkedin and says i want to work with you I'll not only give them a 30-minute um, preview, but I'll give them a full hour. I normally charge $5.97 for this, but I'll give them a full hour of coaching on behalf of Nikki at the Thought Leader Revolution. I know I can make a difference um, if your clients want to come in and talk to me. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's very sweet of you. So, listener... Tracy Meyer is the real deal. She's an emerging thought leader well on her way to making great things happen in the world. She's brilliant. She's uh, incisive. She's insightful. Take advantage of this incredible offer. And Tracy, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure and so enjoyable. And I can't wait to to read your children's book also. And and I know that uh, we'll continue to have a great connection. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Until next time, bye.